Welcome to Truth on the Go with Andrea Lennon. Andrea is a wife, mom, speaker, and author based in Conway. She is an on-the-go kind of girl who loves Jesus and is passionate about helping women know the truth, live the truth, and share the truth. If you'd like to connect with Andrea and see all of her resources, including having her speak at your church, go to andrealennonministry.org. Now, here's Andrea. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I'm so excited to come to you today. As I think about my journey, as I think about the opportunity that God gives to me every single day to invest into the lives of women, it's like a pinch me moment. You see, as I look at my story and I think about where I've been, where I'm at, where God is taking me, the one thing that surprises me time and time and time again is that He, through His graciousness, through His love, through His call, allows me to pour into the lives of women. And I think that that is worth celebrating. He does that not only for me, he also does that for you. He is a God who loves us. He is a God who has a plan for us. He is a God who calls us to step out of our abilities, to step out of our strength, to step out of our comfort zone and live the full free life that he has for us. And he doesn't just call us to do that and then leave us on our own. Oh, no. He provides the way. He empowers us through his spirit. He gives us direction through his word. He surrounds us with people who will be encouragers, who will help us. And then also he walks with us every single moment of every single day. What a loving God we serve. We're in the process of doing something just a little bit different. We're sharing our stories. And I wish that I had the opportunity to hear your stories because housed in our stories is the story of God, the story of his love, the story of his grace, his forgiveness, his redemption, his transforming work, his power. So as you look at your stories and maybe you feel overwhelmed, maybe you're overwhelmed because you think God could never use someone like me. Or if I hadn't done that, then I would be able to do what God is calling me to do. Maybe you have those would have, could have, should have moments or regret or shame or doubt. Let me tell you something, friends. Our God is a redeeming God. And in the midst of your story, we see his love and we have the opportunity to see his transforming grace. And so be encouraged today that God has a plan for you. He is the creator. We are the creation. We always find our ultimate value and meaning and purpose in the context of our relationship with him. So if you're having doubts or regrets or feelings of shame or questions, can God use someone like me? Can he use my story? I want you to go back and look at your loving God, look at his character, look at his strength, look at his ability, look at his pure intentions to work in your life and to work through your life and to know, oh yes, he will use you. Oh yes, he will transform you. So housed in your story, we see the opportunity for God to transform and change lives. I know that because he's done that for me. He's taken my story, you know, and I shared lots of details with you last week, and I'm going to continue that journey today. He's taken my story and he's taken those struggles and those hardships and he has transformed them by the work of his grace, by the work of his word, by the power of his Holy Spirit, so that those weaknesses, they have become strengths. So I want to continue on in the process of sharing my story with you. Just a reminder, as we share our stories, we want to look at where we've been. We want to look at where we're at and we want to look at where we're going because there is power in focus. There is power. There is discipline 
discipline in walking out the plans and purposes that he has for us. So as we evaluate our stories, we have the opportunity to make spiritual progress. And so I want to just continue telling you about my story. Now, as we kick off this program, I want to go back to my young days in Paris, Arkansas. I want to tell you a story, and I'm going to show you how this story really impacted me later in my life. I want to tell you two things about my young days in Paris, Arkansas. The first thing is this. Right after I received Christ, I really started to attend church and love church. You know that that was a part of who I was. I loved going to church. And so I was at church one Sunday night, and the pastor was preaching on John 15. Maybe you're familiar with that passage of Scripture. It's that famous passage where Jesus says, you know, that I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, and that it is to the Father's glory to bear much fruit, because through that process, we show that we are his disciples. The very beginning of that passage talks about how God is the gardener, Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches, and the pruning nature of God in order to take away the stuff, the unproductive areas of our life that do not bear fruit, so that the areas that do bear fruit can bear more fruit for God's glory and for his name. So the pastor was talking about the nature of God, the goodness of God to prune our lives. And as a little eight-year-old girl with a heart that was full of struggle, uh, with some anxiety, with some fear, with feelings of loneliness and isolation, I prayed this prayer. I said, Lord, prune me. And as I look back over my life, I can tell you that that is one of the most profound prayers that I have ever prayed. God, in his goodness and his grace, he is faithful to prune us. Because definitely I was up against some lies from the enemy. And now as I think about where I am today, I can look back and I can see how these lies really were impacting me from the very beginning. I want to tell you about the three lies that I really had to overcome, that I had to ask God to help me overcome through the power of his word, through the power of his spirit, as well as through just the vulnerability that I had to have with God and with others. Because of my adoption, because of the feelings of isolation and loneliness and fear that came out of my adoption and just the journey of my adoption, there were three lies that I really struggled with, and I didn't even realize how these lies were impacting me. The first lie was that I felt like I was a burden to the people around me. That was a constant in my life. Whenever I would walk into the room, even if I didn't say anything, even if I didn't ask for anything, I immediately felt like I was a problem, that I brought a problem into that room. And you know what? That was so debilitating because it really did keep me feeling isolated and alone because I was always trying to make sure that I didn't do too much or do not enough in order to be accepted. So I definitely had this big lie in my mind that was from the enemy, this lie that I was a burden to the people around me. Another lie that was just plaguing me was if anyone ever does anything nice for me, I feel like I have to do something equally nice or even nicer for them. And so I was constantly keeping score. If she does this for me, then I have to do that for her. And I always was trying to stay ahead of the game in regards to how I was investing in other people and other relationships. And the final lie that really was the big one for me is that I always felt like I was on the outside. I couldn't imagine what my life would be like if I was a part of the group. And so whenever I would engage in relationships or I would engage in a particular opportunity, I would do it from the standpoint that I was on the outside of that group. I was always trying to earn my way in. I was trying to earn my way to stay in the group. And then I was constantly trying to make sure that I got out before they
they had an opportunity to reject me. So this vicious cycle of lies really kept me bound up. And in the midst of believing those lies, I was beginning a ministry. I was trying to seek out God's plans and purposes that he had for my life. I had no idea that these lies were even running around in my head because I had normalized them for my entire life. I thought that that's just how people felt about themselves. And so you can imagine how those lies impacted me. I did go to seminary. I did graduate from seminary. I started in local church work. I came out of local church work. I started True Vine Ministry. I started traveling all over the state of Arkansas. I started to write for magazines and I started to speak in churches even beyond Arkansas and internationally. And I had no idea that while I was doing all of that, while I was laying this foundation and this groundwork for my ministry, I was being plagued with lies from the enemy. So even the beginning of True Vine Ministry really was about me trying to find meaning and purpose in my ministry. But God, in His goodness and grace, He intersected my life with His grace in such a profound way where I realized that these lies were charting my course. Let me tell you how that happened. I went on an international trip with an incredible group of leaders. And as I was leading this group, all of my insecurities, all of my doubts, all of my struggles came to the surface. And do you know what I started to think about during that time? I started to think about my adoption. I started to think about how I was that little girl, that baby, way back so many years earlier in that hospital waiting on a family. And there was one thought that just plagued me over and over and over again. That was this question, who was in the window of my life? You know, I know that whenever you go to the hospital and you see all those babies lined up in bassinets in the nursery and the people literally come to see that precious soul that they know or maybe that that's their child and they look through the window and they say, that one's mine and I'm going to love you forever and I'm going to be a part of your life. I wondered who was in the window of my life and that just plagued me. I just was so overwhelmed by that as I was on the other side of the world and I couldn't get that thought off of my mind. So I did the very best that I could just to stay busy and to be busy during that week while I was on the other side of the world. And then I wanted to come back to the United States and I wanted to forget all about those thoughts. But thankfully, God was not going to let me forget those thoughts. He was bringing those lies to the surface so that the truth of his word could replace those lies. When we come back, I'm going to tell you how the truth of God's word transformed my life, replaced those lies, positioned me to live out his plans and purposes, not in a way that was unhealthy in order for me to feel secure, but rather in a way that was healthy, that was all about him. In just a moment, Andrea will return with a final thought. If you would like to hear more of her teachings, visit andrealennonministry.org. It is the ultimate website for the girl on the go with Bible studies, video sessions, podcasts, books, and down-to-earth blogs straight from Andrea's heart. Be sure and subscribe so that you can stay connected. Again, that's andrealennon.org. Now, let's hear a final truth from Andrea. 
So I came back to the United States and my plan was to get busy and to stay busy. That was my defense mechanism. That was the way that I kept the noise of my life louder than the lies going on in my head. And that is a trap for us, my friends. We will get busy, we will stay busy, and we will try to do good things. And so the Lord just stopped me. He was so good in this next few months of my life because here's what he did. He allowed other people to see my struggle. And they came to me and they asked me, Andrea, will you sit down and will you let us share what we see going on in your life? Now, let me tell you something. That was a big step for me. I had never allowed people to get close enough to see the struggle. But God, in his goodness and grace, he orchestrated just this amazing trick. And it was such a good trick. I didn't even realize that people were observing my struggles. I didn't even realize that they were observing how my struggles were impacting my life and my ministry and my relationships and my friendships. But God was just revealing it to them. And so they came to me and they said, will you sit down with us? And so I did. I was so ready to deal with the lies, even though I didn't know what the lies were at the time. And I didn't have a clue how they were impacting me. I knew that what was going on in my heart and my mind, it wasn't normal. It wasn't right. If somebody had ever come to me and said that they were struggling in these areas, I would have sat down and I would have opened God's word with them and I would have helped them to see the truth. But yet for me as a minister of God's word to women, I was not connecting my faith with the beauty of God's word. And so God sent wonderful friends into my life that said, we want to help you. And they did. And I think one of the best things that both Jay and I decided that I needed to do was that I needed to make myself vulnerable to other people so that I could hear and see and experience what they were hearing and seeing and experiencing as they looked at my life. So I sat down with my friends and as I sat down with them, I told them, now I want to be in control of this conversation. And they laughed because they know me very well. And I said, I believe that I am plagued with three things that I do not know how to overcome. So I told them, I believe that I'm a burden to the people around me. I told them, I believe that if anyone does anything nice for me, I have to do something nicer for them. And I told them, I always feel like I'm on the outside. We talked about those lies and we talked about how we know that those lies aren't true based on God's word. And so they challenged me to have the hard conversations with myself and with others and with God's word and find out how to replace those lies with truth. And so the next few months of my life, it became a spiritual journey for myself to find out what is the truth from God's word that can replace these lies. And so I want to tell you about what God revealed to me that has totally changed and transformed transformed my life. When I believed that I was a burden to the people around me, I totally bought into the lie of the enemy. Listen to me, friends. God did not create us to be a burden. He did not create us to be a problem. He did not create us in order to be seen by ourselves or anybody else as a deficit. God created us for a purpose. He loves us. He has a plan for our lives and our lives are not an accident. You know, I think back to my adoption and how my birth, how my existence was a surprise to everyone on this earth. But let me tell you something, my 
birth was not a surprise to our God. My birth was not an accident. He created me with a plan. He created me for a purpose. He loves me and he was going to chart the direction of my life. So I had to take this idea that just by being here on this earth, that I was a burden to myself. I was a burden to him. I was a burden to the people around me. I had to crucify that lie and I had to replace it with truth. We are created by God for a purpose. All the days that he has for us, they were written and they were ordained before even one of them came to be. He knit us together in our mother's wombs. There's not one aspect of our life that is a surprise to him. And he lovingly created us to be in relationship with him. Think about that, that God demonstrated his love for you. God demonstrated his love for me by sending Jesus to die in our place so that we can be in a relationship with him. That's how much he loves us. That's how much he values us. That is the length and the depth that he went to in order to be in relationship with us. He has a plan for our lives. We are not a burden to him. We are not a burden to the people around us. He has a purpose. He has a plan and we can live with confidence, not in ourselves, but rather in him. The second lie that I had to think about when I believed that I had to do nice things for other people, I was constantly keeping score. Oh, I just wonder if you can relate to that. Constantly trying to make sure that you do enough nice things in order to be valuable in a relationship. Friends, it is exhausting. I remember always trying to make sure that I stayed long enough in a relationship to be wanted, to be valued, and to be needed, but never staying too long to overstay my welcome. And so this created a vicious cycle in my friendships where I would jump all in and I would try to get meaning. I would try to get purpose. I would try to get value from that relationship, but I would also jump out before they had the opportunity to reject me. So there was this cycle of works, even in my friendship, where I wanted to make sure I was doing good things, that I was being nice, that I was always bringing more resources to the table than what I was requiring from the people around me. And let me tell you, that left me exhausted. And it also left me with putting an arm's length up distance between me and other people because I didn't want them to get too close. I had to crucify that lie that I was not called to be in a works-based relationship with God and I was not called to be in a works-based relationship with others. And so I had to begin to replace that lie with this truth. I can accept the kindness of God and I can accept the kindness of others and I can enjoy this spacious place of grace where people are going to see the imperfections. They're going to see the struggles. They're going to see the pain. They're going to be up close and they're going to be personal. But you know what? They're going to love me through it because the truth is none of us are perfect. We all have struggles in our life. And the fact that we can be real with God and real with each other and be vulnerable in that moment, it positions us actually to have a much more meaningful relationship with an individual that's so much beyond what we do for them or what they do for us, where we begin to live in authentic community with one another. We see a perfect picture of this in the early church in 
Acts chapter 2, where we know that God's people lived together. They shared their possessions. They shared their experiences. They shared their meals together. They opened God's word together, and they lived in community. And you know what happened? God added to their number every single day. So God was beginning to call me outside of living in relationship that was based upon what I brought to the table and slowly just beginning to accept that we all have imperfections. We all have struggles, but yet in the midst of that, God allows us to just enjoy life with one another in this spacious place of grace where we love each other, we cheer for each other, we call each other out whenever we need to for accountability, but at the end of the day, we have each other's backs. And it totally changed my friendships. It totally changed my relationships in my life as I stopped doing for other people and just started to love them, just started to serve them. And I began to allow them to love and serve me. The third lie was also just so huge in my mind. When I believed that I was on the outside, I made sure that I was. In a sense, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. I made sure that I stayed away from those vulnerable places. I stayed away from any kind of relationship where I might be rejected. So I was constantly on the outside because I placed myself on the outside. And I could never imagine what it would be like to be on the inside. And so I never put myself in the places where I could be genuinely loved and genuinely accepted for who I was. And so I had to call that lie out and I had to replace it with truth. Let me tell you this truth that is so transformational. And it goes back to what I learned from the very beginning of my life. I am a member of the family of God. Jesus bought, he purchased my life with his blood. He did that out of his goodness and grace. And he connected me with other believers through his blood. It is a connection that this world cannot provide. It's a connection that this world will never understand, but there is an undeniable connection that cannot be broken through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so as I realized, man, I am a member of the family of God and a life on the outside that does not have to be my reality. Let me tell you something. I started to get really excited about that. And I started to realize that I can step into relationships and I can be who God has called me to be. And I can know that sometimes I'll be accepted and loved. And sometimes maybe people won't, but it's okay because ultimately my acceptance is not in man. It's not in the temporary things of this world. It is in the eternal things of God that Jesus loved me, that he died for me, and that he sent his Holy Spirit to empower me so that I can live this full, free, abundant life. Now, as I started to look at these lies, I realized that as I called them out and replaced them with truth, my life just started to change. And I was slowly able to breathe. Breathing is good. It's good physically, and it's also good spiritually. And when we just simply breathe, when we're simply in relationship with God and other people, and we let go of the imperfections and we let go of the idea that we have to do things just right and that we have to be in control, when we let go of that, do you know what happens? God just starts to evidence himself in our lives in such tangible ways because we get our eyes off of ourselves and we put our eyes back on him and we enjoy just abiding in him and resting in him and breathing in him and it frees us up to begin to enjoy relationships with other people looking at the lies and replacing them with truth 
it literally changes the direction of our lives. As a little eight-year-old girl who prayed, Lord, prune me, little did I know how he would be so faithful to honor that prayer. Many years later, he certainly pruned me as he revealed the lies and he gave me the opportunity to replace those lies with truth. But you know what I had to do? I had to get real. I had to get real about the sin. I had to get real about the tendencies to look to myself. And I had to be vulnerable with God and others. As we wrap up this thought of being vulnerable and transparent and just embracing our stories, where we've been, where we are, where we're going, I wonder if you need to do some work in your life. Do you need to look at the lies that are running around in your head? Maybe you've believed them for years. Maybe you've normalized them. Maybe like me, you've tried to just get busy and stay busy so that the noise of your life is louder than the noise in your head. Let me tell you something. Freedom comes when we invite the Spirit of God to bring truth into those hard places, into those tight spots. The Word of God says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You do not have to stay in the lie, my friends. You can live in the truth. That's Andrea Lennon with Truth On The Go. Thanks so much for joining us today. You know, nothing excites Andrea more than God's Word meeting us at our greatest point of need, speaking truth into our lives and empowering us to live meaningful, productive, and God-honoring lives. We pray that today's truth helped you connect with God and His Word in a life-changing way. If you would like to book Andrea for your next speaking event or connect with her on social media, visit andrealennonministry.org. Andrea will return next week with more Truth on the Go. Truth on the Go is an outreach of True Vine Ministries, Conway, Arkansas.